Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Do you feel overwhelmed and tired no matter how much sleep you get? Do you rely on caffeine to get you through the day? Have you experienced brain fog at work or just having a hard time concentrating? If so, you may be suffering from adrenal dysfunction. Joining us today is returning guest and a listener favorite, Dr. Isabella Wentz, author of the number one best-selling book, Adrenal Transformation Protocol. Today, she's going to share some proactive dietary and lifestyle changes that you can make to optimize your health. We'll also discuss how the adrenal glands could be to blame for your sweet and salty food cravings. Stay tuned. Dr. Wentz is in the house, and it all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is an internationally acclaimed doctor of pharmacy, thyroid and functional medicine specialist. She's written several best-selling books, including the number one New York Times bestseller, Hashimoto's Protocol and Hashimoto's Thyroiditis. She's the creator of the popular website, thyroidpharmacist.com, and her print and TV features include Fox News, CNN, The Today Show, and USA Today, just to name a few. She has dedicated her career to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease and is considered one of the world's leading experts on the topic. Through her research, she discovered the critical role that the adrenals play in thyroid health. She's developed a comprehensive, revolutionary approach to addressing adrenal dysfunction. Her new book is called Adrenal Transformation Protocol, a four-week plan to release stress, symptoms, and go from surviving to thriving. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Isabella Wentz. Thank you so much for having me back. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. So happy you can join us again. You know, your previous interviews on thyroid health have remained a popular resource, and it's always a pleasure having you share your healthful insights with us. My joy. Before we get dive into the transforming of the adrenal glands, first share a little anatomy 101 with the listeners. What is the function of an adrenal gland, and where exactly is it located? Our adrenal glands are known as our stress-producing glands. They are responsible for making a variety of different hormones, most notably cortisol, which is known as our stress hormone, right? And they sit right on top of our kidneys. There are these two tiny little glands. Most people think that cortisol, if they're listening to what mainstream media has to say, they might hear that cortisol is quote unquote bad. This is only a part of the picture because when we have cortisol that's too high, that can be problematic but also cortisol that's too low can be an issue. We do require for healthy brain function, for a healthy immune system to have some cortisol in the morning. That actually helps to get us getting out of bed and helps us to feel bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and alert. And as the day goes on, we're supposed to drop our cortisol levels, and this allows us to feel more balanced and gets us to rest better at night. I'm so glad you brought up that this demonized hormone actually has some health benefits because everyone says, oh, cortisol's bad. But as you just said, it not necessarily. And also same with cholesterol. Everyone says cholesterol's bad, but we found there's good and bad. So there's actually a good resource for cortisol we need. When does it become a concern? When does cortisol become an area that we need to focus on? Exactly. Cortisol can become a concern when it's out of balance from a healthy circadian pattern. So I had mentioned that typically we do want cortisol released in the morning. Just kind of the there's a sweet spot for it. 
And we want just the right amount, not too much, not too little. If we have too much of it, we're going to be feeling very anxious. And if we don't have enough of it, we might actually struggle with waking up in the morning. We might have brain fog and fatigue in the morning and throughout the day. So really kind of alterations or deviations in our cortisol release throughout the day away from that healthy circadian pattern can be a concern. Some people, they might have cortisol that's too high all day. These are sort of like the rock stars, right? They never stop going and they might be anxious and irritable and rude and, you know, in your face, they have a hard time relaxing, a hard time resting. And then as time goes on, they might start putting on weight, especially in their belly area, because we tend to have more cortisol receptors there. And then as time goes on, this high cortisol, the body will eventually start making adjustments and the person might have blood sugar issues, blood sugar swings throughout the day. They might have up and down cortisol, what I call a cortisol roller coaster. Typically that's going to be moodiness and energy fluctuations throughout the day. This is the person that says every day at three, I just feel so anxious or I feel like I need to take a nap. And then as time goes on, somebody might actually get to a point where their body doesn't produce enough cortisol throughout the day. And this is what I would call a flatlined cortisol pattern where they wake up tired. They are tired at noon. They're tired at like 3 p.m. and they go to bed tired. But when they go to bed, they don't have refreshing sleep. So it's like a whole pattern of just being exhausted all of the time. Yeah. Now you're the go-to expert when it comes to thyroid health. Share with us, what's the connection between the thyroid gland and adrenal dysfunction? There's an intricate pattern where the thyroid gland talks to all of these other hormone producing glands. And, you know, it's not just like our hormones live by themselves in a vacuum. And so the same is true for our adrenal glands and our thyroid gland. Typically when a person has hypothyroidism, so they don't have enough thyroid hormone on board, the body might compensate and it keeps cortisol around longer. And so typically a person who's hypothyroid will say, oh my gosh, I feel really anxious because cortisol can give us some anxious energy, right? And they feel a bit off. They'll go to the doctor and their thyroid gland will be tested. Their thyroid function will be tested and they'll get put on maybe some thyroid hormone replacement, which is often needed, but that can actually unmask an issue with having not enough cortisol because then the cortisol clearance increases. And so the person will say, I started on thyroid meds and I felt better at first. And then all of a sudden I crashed and their energy, their energy crashed. They are all of a sudden feeling worse than they did before they started on thyroid hormones. And this is because the cortisol clearance normalizes. And so that means it increases. And then that person can be left with kind of the typical chronic fatigue, hypothyroid, fibromyalgia pattern where they just don't have enough cortisol throughout the day. And these are people, about 60% of people with thyroid issues that I've tested are going to fall in that pattern. Majority of chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia individuals will test in that pattern. And that's generally you're tired, your body's aching, and things that give people more energy, even positive stressors can be super, super overwhelming for you. So this is kind of one way that the adrenals and the thyroid interact. 
And another way is when we have cortisol levels that are too high or a lot of stress going on in that early stage of, of stress, the person will produce something known as reverse T3, which is a thyroid hormone that will sit in our thyroid receptors, but rather than activating them, it'll block them. And so this might be a person that I've, you know, as a thyroid pharmacist, I see a lot of people with thyroid issues, right? And then I'll also have people who will come to me and say, I have every thyroid symptom, but I don't necessarily have a thyroid disorder per se, where they'll have weight gain, they'll have fatigue, they'll have hair loss, they'll have the belly fat, and they'll just say, I feel like I have a thyroid issue. And many times it's actually because they have a cortisol issue. Wow. Interesting. I know over the years, I've heard so many conflicting opinions on coffee and some say it's good for us. Others say it's not. But one thing that I've heard the most, and I want you to either thumbs up, is it a myth or the thumbs down, is that coffee can overstimulate the adrenals and actually cause adrenal fatigue. True or myth? Should we be avoiding that morning java? I think it can in excess if somebody's drinking it all throughout the day and if they're drinking it at night and then they're not getting enough sleep. So sleep deprivation can definitely contribute to adrenal dysfunction. That's one of the fastest ways to stress your body and get into that state. However, coffee in moderation, so maybe one to two cups a day, for many people, that is actually not going to be something that is going to make or break the health of their adrenals. And I used to recommend quitting coffee to people, but then I realized a lot of them would quit coffee and then they would still feel off and they would still say like, I'm still tired and I'm still having trouble sleeping at night. And one of the things I've realized is a lot of times people are just self-medicating with coffee because it does help us raise cortisol in the morning. So generally it is something that may be kind of a way for people to self-medicate when they have adrenal issues. And rather than me saying you need a quick coffee, I would say, let's find a way to get you to support your cortisol levels in the morning in a more holistic way. And you had less people unfriending you because uh, you, you, when you said get off coffee, it's like, where's all my friends They're leaving me? It's so true. There were like clients that were just like, this is not going to work for me. I can't, I can't do this, right? What are, you, what are you talking about, crazy woman? That's funny. So these ones that are six, eight cups per day, they have an issue. And as you mentioned, it keeps you kind of wired all day because you're getting that ups, peaks and valley ups and down. That's unhealthy. And at the end of the day, you still got caffeine because they've had it lunch and dinner. That's not the way to go. So that's, that's good advice. Let me ask you this. The last time you were on the show, you discussed how exposure to environmental toxins and endocrine disrupting chemicals can contribute to thyroid dysfunction. Are these also a concern when it comes to our adrenal health? Definitely our adrenals are very tuned into the environment. So there is a whole list of stressors that can put us in this chronic stress state where, you know, adrenals will initially put out too much cortisol. And then as time goes on, there might be additional cortisol alterations. And so things like sleep deprivation, you know, if you're drinking too much coffee, then you're probably not going to sleep very well, right? Or if you're just, for whatever reason, have issues with insomnia or sleep apnea, fastest ways to get into that. If you have small children, that's also another way to get into, you know, sleep deprivation. Then we have psychological stressors, any kind of, you know, you have a job that's causing you a lot of drama. You have some friends or family members that are giving you a lot of drama or even past history of trauma. These can all be stressors for our stress response. Our body will perceive that stress if our mind perceives it. Then there are physiological stressors. So these could be things like not eating enough 
over-exercising, right? Not exercising enough, eating too much. All of these can be potential stressors for the body when things kind of get out of kilter and out of balance for us. And then probably some of the more, I guess, hidden sources of stress that people may not be aware of would be things like chronic infections or toxic exposures. So some big toxins, for example, mold toxicity can really put a person in that fight or flight stress state for a prolonged time period, as can various infections in the body. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up stress because I guess stress and quarters go hand in hand. And one mantra that I've lived with to help reduce my stress, if you can't change it, don't stress about it. So that alone really eliminated 80% of my stress. And it's like things like being stuck in traffic, coworkers' bad attitude, let's say your flight's delayed. I've seen people scream and yell and shout and turn red. It's like, really? The flight's not going anywhere. You want to act that way and, and burn yourself out? So if you can't change these things, why stress about them? What's your opinion on that? Do you think that would be a big issue? People are just overly stressed about little things. Definitely. I feel like some people are like addicted to drama and addicted to controlling everything. And it just doesn't feel right for them to not be able to control every single situation. So that flight delay or that person being themselves <laughs> can be very triggering for them. And so it's easy for some people to say that's okay. Like I'm just going to not stress about it. Some people actually might need to do a bit deeper work on it because there might be a you know trauma response that they're working with and it might be just like an automatic response for them. So it is easier said than done, of course, but that's a great mantra to live by. That can eliminate so much stress for you if you are that person. They should have a big sign at the airport that says, don't let a flight delay put you into fight or flight mode. <laughs> I think you're onto something because yeah, there's so many things that that are in our world and we could only control what we can control. And I have a serenity prayer that I used in my program for people about change the things you can and let go of wanting to change the things you can't, right? I love it. That's great. You know, I've had many of today's leading experts on the show, and while they don't agree on all things, the majority seem to agree that inflammation is the root cause of most disease. What role does our adrenal glands play on our internal inflammation? Oh my gosh, such an important role with the adrenal glands. They secrete cortisol, right? And cortisol is a natural anti-inflammatory. And so whenever the body senses inflammation, the adrenal glands are called to produce cortisol. When we have a lot of inflammation for a prolonged period of time, this can actually lead to that adrenal dysfunction. It used to be known as the adrenal fatigue where people don't have enough cortisol. And so the inflammation goes unchecked. And then you'll see inflammatory conditions like, you know, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, rheumatoid arthritis, ulcerative colitis. A lot of these things do manifest in people, in my experience, when they don't have enough of that cortisol buffer to keep the inflammation in check. Right. Is there anything, because that's secondary to uh, inflammation in the body, is there anything that you can recommend that calms down our internal inflammation? I know it's a big question, but is there like your go-to, like get off blank or take such and such? You know, it, of course, it's always like depending what is the cause of your inflammation. So I'm a big passionate believer in finding the root cause. Is it something, is it an infection in your body that could be a really powerful source of inflammation? For some people, it's actually their thoughts, right? So they might have some negative self-talk. That can actually be quite inflammatory. For other people, it's not having boundaries, right? So I always say 
getting rid of toxic foods and inflammatory foods can be a really, really big deal, whether that's gluten, dairy, and soy. Those are probably my top three inflammatory foods. But also getting rid of inflammatory people from your life, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that can be a big game changer as well. So definitely I focus on a blood sugar balanced diet, eating more protein and fat, and eliminating the, the common sources of food inflammation. So gluten, dairy, and soy, but also too many seed oils, right? Because they are known to kind of upregulate our inflammatory pathways. Yeah, good advice. Are there any definitive tests people should take to confirm whether or not they have an adrenal dysfunction, or does history and symptomatology play the biggest role? I personally love to do functional medicine testing. Like I would do it, you know, on myself, every client that was willing. Even my dog has had like tons of functional medicine testing. <laughs> At the same time, you know, I know it's not feasible for everybody, so I do rely a lot and I try to educate people about the symptoms that they may be experiencing to see if they're in that adrenal dysfunction state. So I love the Dutch test or the ZRT adrenal saliva test, the cortisol saliva mm -hmm. test. Those are both fantastic tests. And if you have an integrative practitioner, they would be able to order them for you. Most conventional doctors will not, right? So they're considered more integrative functional medicine tests. But you can also just look at your symptoms. And if you're somebody that's overwhelmed, you have trouble sleeping, if you have trouble waking up in the morning, if you feel like you've been burning the bridge at both ends, your health issues started after feeling ill or after a period of stress, you have lightheaded, you feel lightheaded when you stand up, you crave sugar, salt, alcohol, or caffeine, these are all good indications. You know, the brain fog fatigue as well is that your adrenals are out of balance. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the, the cravings I mentioned in the intro. So many people, they, they pour salt on their food, and then they crave sweets between meals. What's a vicious cycle? Because salt actually makes you crave sweets. So it's like a never-ending circle. Will the Adrenal Transformation Program help people address and curtail these stubborn cravings? Absolutely. A lot of times, so with the caffeine cravings in the morning, that's usually a sign of low cortisol. And so I focus on giving people other ways to support their cortisol levels in the morning. So this would be like bright light exposure, for example, is one way to do that. The salt cravings, this is a common imbalance in the body. When a person's adrenals are not working properly, there's a big connection with aldosterone, which is part of our hormones that helps us retain water. And typically I advise actually adding healthy sources of salt, such as sea salt, to get back and balance. And so this is a, a lovely feedback mechanism for the body to get a bit more balanced. So we're making healthier choices. When people are on a cortisol roller coaster, this is also going to put them on a blood sugar roller coaster. And sugar cravings are a big symptom that you're on a blood sugar roller coaster. And then of course, the alcohol cravings Typically, those can be, especially if they're in the evenings, and if you're somebody that has a hard time winding down without that wine in the evenings, that's a sign that your cortisol levels are too high in the evenings. And so when we support adrenal health, and I have a very comprehensive way of doing it with proper light exposure, some adaptogens, some targeted B vitamins, eating protein and enough protein and fat for yourself those cravings do shift. 
and they do go away because really cravings in my experience are a way for people to self-medicate. It's like you're going to crave sugar if you're having blood sugar issues, right? That makes sense. I, I love that you said two words that we don't usually hear, healthy salt, kind of like uh, cortisol is good. Who says that? Nobody. And you said the magic two words because I agree. You, know, you mentioned there is a healthy salt that actually feeds the cells, makes them full. This white processed junk is what's doing us in, right? The black lava salt or, as you said, sea salt gives us minerals that feeds our cells, makes them satisfied, right? Absolutely. That's. It's just... I don't think this topic is controversial at all because stress is not good for anybody, right? We know that. And we know that the body can get into this state where it's super depleted when we're in a chronic stress state and there there will be certain cravings and certain nutrient depletions and we want to replenish them. Salt and electrolytes are some of the things that the body burns through when it's under a, a chronic stress response and getting that back into balance. Some people have said, you know, just utilizing electrolytes, I have so much more energy and just adding more sea salt to my diet. I'm like, I, I feel so much better. Exactly. I know in your book, you share how physicians don't routinely check adrenal function and many don't even consider adrenal dysfunction a real condition. They'll poo-poo and laugh at you. But for those who may be struggling with a stubborn doctor, what can they do to get some outside the box healthcare? Should people buy your book and just give it to the doctor, gift it to him and say, please read this and get enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it's very strange to me because physicians will say adrenal fatigue doesn't exist. And I think it's, it's a historical term. It was coined by a naturopathic doctor who noticed this pattern of symptoms. And his theory was that people had a mild version of Addison's, which is a condition, an adrenal condition recognized by conventional medicine that can be very serious and life-threatening and also very rare when 90% of the adrenal glands have been destroyed and so they're not able to produce cortisol. And so typically when somebody says like adrenal fatigue, you know, conventional doctors will think of Addison's and they'll go to test somebody for Addison's, which is a completely different mechanism than adrenal dysfunction, which we're talking about. And the adrenal dysfunction does exist. The scientific term is hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction. So it is something that, you know, if you look at medical literature, you can find that in there. If you look at clinical trials, published medical journals, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction is like the scientific term. But yet some, many doctors will say it doesn't exist. And it's like, well, Maybe you just need to give them a different terminology. I'm, I'm not right. sure if that'll work. <laughs> For many people, I'm like, please listen to yourself and listen to your symptoms. And I wrote the book because so many people were having trouble getting help that they needed from their practitioners. And my plan is a little bit different than what like an integrative doctor might use because I don't focus. Some of the old school ways are using hormones. And things like hydrocortisone to mimic the body's natural cortisol response. Whenever a person tests with low adrenals, they might try to boost their cortisol. If the cortisol is too high, they might try to lower it with various supplements, hormones, and interventions. Where my program just focuses on the root cause of it all, which is essentially stress and inflammation. It helps to really bring back that healthy circadian cortisol curve without necessarily needing specific testing or specific 
hormones or things that are that our doctor prescribed. So I feel like a lot of the things people can absolutely do on their own, it's always so helpful to have a supportive doctor as well. And I typically will have a list of doctors on my website if somebody's looking for practitioners to work with. But definitely a first step would be getting a copy of my book or perhaps reading some articles about how to self-educate yourself. Because at the end of the day, you don't want somebody else to stand between you and getting your health back. Yeah. And uh, really, so the ultimate doctor is the person you see in the mirror. It's about you taking control of your health and your book does that and helps them guide them. So kudos to that for you. Talk to us about supplements. I'm curious. There's so many options out there. He's adrenal health, this adrenal health, that. What gets the doctor went seal of approval for adrenal health? Of course, there's a lot of different options and everybody might respond differently. Some individuals love adrenal glandulars. In my experience, I've worked with so many sensitive people that they're not necessarily part of my plan. And I've just tried to whittle it down to the supplements that I feel like are the least likely to cause side effects and be the biggest needle movers for people. So I focus on replenishing the nutrients that are lost when we're under a lot of stress. This is B vitamins, vitamin C, magnesium, and electrolytes. Generally, for most people, they start with that. And, you know, electrolytes give them more energy. Vitamin C helps to support immunity. The B vitamins help with producing neurotransmitters and helping their their energy be boosted as well. And then I also focus on utilizing adrenal adaptogens, which essentially whether you have cortisol that's too high, too low, or if your cortisol is bouncing all over the place, the adrenal adaptogens just help to normalize it, which is super helpful because you don't have to know if your adrenals are too high or too low to utilize them. And then I also focus on mitochondrial support and blood sugar support. Blood sugar support, blood sugar swings are a really big cause of adrenal dysfunction. Every time we have blood sugar swings, our body might have to release cortisol to compensate, um, especially if we go hypoglycemic. And this is a supplement known as myo-inositol can be very, very helpful for getting that into balance. The other thing I also recommend is a probiotic yeast known as Sarcomyces boulardii. One of the consequences of stress is that people will have lowered immunity, including immunity in their gut. So this results in low levels of secretory IgA, and then people are more at risk for having gut infections or you know whatever kind of respiratory infections that are going around. And the beneficial yeast, what it does is it raises our secretory IgA levels to help us overcome some of the inflammatory infections naturally and prevent additional infections. Great info. As it always does, time flew by. Every time you're on the show, just look up and go, whoa, we're out of time. <laughs> but in the minute, minute we have left, is there anything else you'd like to share that we didn't discuss today? Oh my gosh, definitely for anybody listening, if you're struggling with brain fog, fatigue, irritability, anxiety, trouble sleeping, unrefreshing sleep, and overwhelm, please know that even though this is common, it's not normal and you do not have to live that way. Many of the people that have gone through the, my program, about 3,500 now, about 80% of them will feel better within just a few weeks, usually three to four weeks. They'll be able to shift all of those symptoms. Fantastic. Thanks so much again for joining us. Always great having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for having me.
The book is called Adrenal Transformation Protocol, a four-week plan to release stress, symptoms, and go from surviving to thriving. You can get your copy everywhere books are sold, or you can go to thyroidpharmacist.com. And while there, make sure and check out all the great resources she has available for healthy thyroid issues, adrenal support supplements, articles, and recipes, a lot of great info. You can sign up for Dr. Wentz's free newsletter to stay up to date with all of her latest health news. That website, again, is thyroidpharmacist.com, and you can follow Dr. Wentz on Facebook at Thyroid Lifestyle and on Instagram at Isabella Wentz PharmD. For my daily health post, follow me at Dr. David Friedman, except on Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Wentz share something today that would benefit somebody that you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library. Share these segments, as I always say, share them with friends and family, coworkers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. Sharing is caring. Let's get the word out. You can also subscribe to to our podcast at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.